And here we are with another episode of The Horror Returns. I'm Lance, and with me tonight, as always, are my co-hosts Brian and Philip. What up? We are also joined this week by a very special guest, Marcy Papandrea. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, that's right. Super Marcy herself. Creator and podcaster at Super Podcast at the Super Network. Uh, Marcy, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and where our listeners can find you? Uh, hello. Thanks for having me. Um, Thanks for being here. Yeah. Uh, I guess people can find me um, at my house. <laughs> Please don't, like, come to my house. Uh, no, really, uh, everything you want to know is at the Super Network at supermarcy.com where I am a film critic and podcaster and all-round super cool person. And you've been yeah. doing this for how long? Like seven or eight years. All right. That's a good, that's a good span of time. A lot longer than you folks, that's for sure. Yeah. She's, this is our resident expert that we've invited onto our show today, and we're just... All right, well, let's start out with a discussion of some of the highlights of what we've checked out this week. Uh, Marcy, you're our guest. Would you like to go first? Anything that uh, that you've watched this week, or I know you've been a little bit under the weather, but anything that that's really uh, struck a chord? Uh, I have not really watched much of anything, um, but I did watch the Psycho sequels. And and you definitely went all in, didn't you? Yes, I did. I watched all of them, <laughs> one after the other. How many Psycho sequels are there? There are three. There are three. They yes. sort of did the Exorcist thing on theirs. So is uh, Perkins in all of them? Yep, he even directed the third one. Yeah, um, they're all just kind of continuations. Um, okay. Are they good? But, yeah, I think so. Yeah? Um, Psycho 2 uh, takes place 22 years after the original. Um it was directed by an Australian director called Richard Franklin, who um, Hitchcock was his mentor, so kind of makes sense that he uh, would take on a project like that. In that film, uh, Norman Bates is out of psychiatric care and ready to step back into the world of people and the living. Uh, yeah. Strange things start happening, people start dying, and then you sort of have to work out the mystery of it. Right. Uh, and then the third one, uh, he's, he's still at the, the motel. People are dying. <laughs> <And> <laughs> stuff happens. So eventually uh, they're going to catch on that, hey, maybe he's killing all these people. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he hasn't. You won't really? spoil it. For you, um, and then the fourth one, I think it was made for TV. Oh, um, there's a fourth one. Was that was that the beginning or whatever? Yeah, by Mick Garris, and this one is more like flashbacks of Norman when he was in his teenage years about his relationship with his mother. Which I think is pretty good because it goes back and forth and kind of funny that young Norman is played by 
Elliot from E.T., who's the... Really? The from that movie. Yeah. So it kind of reaches into that Bates Motel sort of... Yeah, like the TV show, I yeah. guess. But uh, <coughs> obviously not quite as long or as detailed. Right. But but when you say it's all about flashbacks, it doesn't go full Godfather 3, does it? It just it just goes... He's um He calls into a radio show about... Um, they're talking about men that have killed their mothers. So he talks about that. So then it just reflects what he's telling them about what happened in his earlier years. Okay. And his mother was overbearing and abusive and it kind of indicates that maybe he was attracted to his mother. Cause at one point he gets sure. a boner over his mother. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think, yeah, they sort of allude to that a little bit and, uh, even in the original movie. Ah, I mean, I hate to start into the psycho discussion <laughs> before we get yeah. to the psycho discussion, but yeah. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, um, I enjoy the sequels quite a lot. I actually think they're pretty decent. Um, the second one, I think, is the best one, and I think the fourth one is pretty good. The third one, eh. It's okay. More tries to deal with Norman um, falling in love with someone. Oh, boy. Uh, but uh, they are what they are. I think they're better than some other sequels to classic um, horror films. Yeah. So the most part, you would say they hold up then? Yeah. I, I had fun watching watching them back to back. I kind of want to... See, now that... Okay, I didn't watch Psycho until uh, today. And uh, I like I purposely saved it for last, but uh, now that I watched it again, I totally would like to go back and and watch all the sequels because I forgot how good it was. They are um, an interesting way to continue the story. Um, I've been meaning to watch the last few episodes of Stranger Things, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, yeah, I finished it. That was cool. That was one of my things. I watched Stranger Things, and it was, uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it actually picked up towards the end of the season. I kind of binge-watched the whole thing. I, I agree. I don't think you'll be too disappointed, Marcy. Um, I'm really liking what I've seen so far. Um, I just need to actually sit down and finish it. Yeah. Just get her done, huh? As they say here in the States. <laughs> is that what they say in the states? Oh, like that. <laughs> Dude, you can't say say here in the states and then quote something from fucking the cable guy Larry or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> well, come on, Mar- Marcy, you've heard of Larry the Cable Guy, haven't you? Unfortunately, and you've seen so you've seen the Cars movies. Unfortunately, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right, hey Brian, what about you, man? Uh, finished uh, Outcast. I didn't realize uh, that it wrapped up. Yeah, it was only ten episodes. Right. Um, it's pretty good. Um, I, it started off strong. It was a little slow in the middle. Uh, finished up nicely. I'm interested to see where the season's going next year. This is the uh, Kirkman show, right? Yes, with uh, Patrick Fugit. I did remember his name this time. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's an interesting take on like demons and exorcism. Yeah, I haven't haven't seen a single one of them. I also checked out um, from Dust Till Dawn the series. I got caught up on that one. Nope. I haven't seen that one. I saw the original. I love the movie. I haven't seen yeah, the it, uh, TV shows though. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. It explores like the mythology that from the movie explains you know some things. 
All I, all I want to know is, is Salma Hayek in it? No. Dude, uh, she's still hot. She's like 50-something. Yeah, the only casting I have a problem with is, uh, you remember Tom Savini in the movie? He played a uh, sex machine? Yep. Yeah, they uh, casted uh, Jake Busey in that role. Is that like <laughs> Gary Busey's kid? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what, the... What do you think about that casting, Marcy? I don't want to think about that. <laughs> and his, and his, little, his little pistol. The only thing I remember him from was uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah. But um, it's it's a good show. It's better than the, the, the sequels to the movie, definitely. I didn't know there were sequels to the movie. Yeah, there's two of them. There you have it. I should probably... Pretty awful, okay. Are they? Wow. Yeah, I should probably not even know that. There you have it. I might check out the uh, series, though. I've heard of that. Season three is about to start here in a couple of weeks. Worth what watching? Else? Yeah, it's on Netflix, the, the first two seasons. All right, I'll check cool. it out. Cool. How about you, uh, Philip? What did you see this week? Man, that was it. Like I said, uh, Stranger Things, you know, I, I wrapped it up and I've probably talked about it in like three different episodes now. And, right. Uh, <laughs> you, you just love Stranger Things, don't you? Uh, well, I, we do a lot of episodes at once and that's what I've watched. And uh, aside from that, n- not not really much, man. I've been uh, sitting in the 1960s right now watching those movies. <laughs> More specifically, 1960. 1960, huh? that year. Well, in I, retrospective, I actually uh, saw a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a really, really long time, and I'm and I'm hoping that it wasn't overhyped for me, but I think possibly it was, and that was a New Zealand film called Deathgasm. Uh, and oh. I don't know if you get, have you guys ever seen this one? I actually did see that. Yeah, yep. love that movie. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what everybody tells me. They absolutely love it, and I I kind of liked where it was going. But for some reason, it fell a little bit flat for me. It, it didn't quite live up to the hype for me toward the end of the movie. I was just expecting a little bit more out of it. But, I mean, it was definitely fun. You know, it was one of those good, you know, heavy metal bands, summons the demon. You know, they're a dime a dozen. Those movies are all over the place, right? Dude, it's called Deathgasm. You're not going to get an awesome movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the battle... But it was fun to watch. Yeah, definitely the battle, the battle with the... Uh, with, with all the sex toys was kind of interesting, no doubt about that. But yeah, I, it was okay. I was a little bit underwhelmed, but uh, I did think that the guys that were in the movie looked like they would be a lot of fun to hang out with. Particularly the kid that that played the main uh, musician that started the band, um, Marcy. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Uh, I don't know. Would I? That's why you're on the show, Marcy. Maybe. <laughs> oh, do I don't play coy right. with me. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. You haven't seen it? Yeah, but I understand you're an uh-huh. honorary member of the band. Not not entirely. <laughs> but you but you did ha- but you did hang out with with uh, some of the cast members, right? Uh, just one. Which one is that? Uh, yeah, My- Milo was that the guy you hung out with? Milo Corton. Yeah. Milo, yeah, that's right. Out. Yeah, so he plays he plays the uh, he's the main character Brody in the movie. Oh, well, I got to hang out with him a couple of days. Did you mean it like, like a Comic-Con, or what happened? Is there a story behind that, or are we just uh, skipping past that? No, he um, he came he came to town to, um, to premiere a movie that he was in called... Uh, oh, fuck, what was it called? Um, it's like an upcoming film? 
the, 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 it's called Blood Punch. Blood Punch. So he came um, and there was a screening and Q&A with him for that. But um, I had drinks with him and some friends the night before that. Oh, that's super cool. And, and he's a very cool and really nice dude. Well, there you go. And, of course, he sat next to me the whole time because it's me. Like, why wouldn't he? Super Marcy. Right. Yeah, I got that. When I was watching the movie, I got the feeling that he would be a, a real cool down-to-earth guy. Somebody you'd, you'd want to actually kind of hang out with. And then I, when I heard that you actually had, I was like, wow, that is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, he's a pretty just normal dude. He um he paints houses for a living, and I don't think a lot of people know he's actually an actor. What the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Well, how uh, has he been in like a lot of stuff, or is it just uh? Yeah, he's done uh, bits and pieces. Um, right. But if you if you want to hear more, there is an interview with him at supermarcy.com. So we could go uh, go look that up on iTunes or find the episode, and you've actually got an interview with him. Yep. How how far back would you say that was? Uh, a couple months, maybe. Okay, cool. Shouldn't be too hard to find then. No, I think so. Well, yeah, no, I I I checked out that movie. I did watch it. It was uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was uh, it was campy and it was very campy. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, look, metal has was my genre growing up, you know, and uh, and so those guys I can kind of relate to a little bit. And uh, I liked it. I thought I thought it was a pretty good movie. All right, as with every show, it's time to take a little trip to the trailer park. Brian, what's our first new trailer to talk about this week? My um, first new one to talk about is The Devil's Dolls, which actually came out in a limited release this weekend. So there's another uh, Louisiana connection to this one, I think, right? I didn't really know what was going on in this trailer, so hope you guys can explain it. Oh, you didn't? I thought it was kind of like a, a voodoo doll kind of thing. Yeah, it looks to me like it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, voodoo dolls that they have that control different people. I've never heard of the director before, Petraig Reynolds. Does that name ring a bell? Nope. It says he's a writer known for Rites of Spring. I did hear about Rites of Spring. Have any of you guys seen that one? Uh-uh. Supposedly a very, very depressing movie. <laughs> Great. Yeah, but it's uh, a, a ransom scheme turns into a nightmare for a group of kidnappers who become victims of a horrifying secret that must be paid every spring. So I think it had something to do with, uh, you know, with like a cult or something like that that these people got involved in and they didn't know they were getting involved in. Hmm. But supposedly it's very, it's very good movie, but it's very depressing. That's all I've heard about it. It looks like super kind of demonic possession slash voodoo doll. I mean, um, it, it looks like it's got kind of that New Orleans influence to it. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll check it, check it out. I mean, it doesn't. It, there's nothing in the preview that makes you know jumps out at me and says, "Hey, I really want to see this." Like it, I'll watch anything. Yeah, same here. <laughs> it it, it kind of looked like something we've seen a hundred times before. We just know? had a whole conversation about a movie called Deathgasm. So. <laughs> and have you guys ever seen the the movie uh was, was it called like the skeleton key or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was what it kind of reminded me of a little bit yeah i had the same vibe mm-hmm. i thought a little bit okay um our next trailer is uh resident evil the final chapter thank god <laughs> not a fan not so uh, no i'm ch- i'm checking these i'm checking it out 
oh, yeah. fan of this. I'm a fan of these movies. Man, I'm not as big of a fan as the resident of the Resident Evil stuff as I thought I would be, because uh, I grew up playing the games, you know, and they were they were scary. I oh, remember, the, the games are kick ass. I remember the original Resident Evil. I, I like the movies. I follow them, but not like religiously at all. I mean, you know, Mila Jovovich. You can't go wrong with her. What do you think, Marcy? Are you a, a Mila Jovovich fan? I like her, but I don't give a shit about the series. I've watched the first few, and I don't care. Let it die. <laughs> is this is this one also directed by her uh, husband? Yes, it is. Paul W.S. Anderson or whatever? Yes. Yeah, not not no interest at all. Yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> I'll check it out. Uh, this one comes out uh, January 27th. He looks like the dude. He's well, you enjoy, Nor- you Norman guys enjoy. fucking Bates over here, man. Unless you guys force me to watch it for the for the podcast, I'll, I'm out. Oh, uh, we're not I'll, watching I'll it for watch the podcast. It with I don't stipulation think. that it's going to be the last one. <laughs> yeah, how many times have we been told that before? Yeah, the final man. nightmare, the final this, the final that. Fucking kisses. Jason goes final to hell. And... I mean, Jason went to fucking hell and he came back. You know. Yeah. And the last one we're going to talk about is. Uh... Movie that comes out December sixteenth, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. What are you thinking about this one, Marcy? Uh, I didn't see. I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, you have to watch the trailer. Are you thrilled for the movie, though? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I just um, look. I'm the kind of person that does not really like to watch a lot of trailers or know too much about any movie because I like going in. Fresh. I don't I, I don't like going into a movie like really hyped for it or really disappointed for it. I just want to go in and watch the fucking movie and decide how I feel as I'm watching it. I feel like we just see and hear way too much that other people's opinions contain our own and I just don't like doing that. Well, that's what I, I was like feeling that. about this, the superhero movies where they start teasing them, you know, four and five and six years before they ever are even in production. But uh, when does Rogue One come out? It's like December, right? December 16th. December it's right 16th, around the corner. Man, I'm stoked for it. Anytime you start a preview and you've got mm-hmm. that real slow build Star Wars music in the background, it gives me tingles. Yeah, I got, I got the goosebumps <laughs> watch, watching the trailer, that's for sure. And I'm not even that... I, w- I wasn't really that big on this one. I was kind of like, why? You know? Do we really need to know that story? Do we really need to know the details? But Yes, we do. Yeah. I, I <laughs> for some reason, when I started watching the, the trailer and, and the people that are involved in it, I kind of got excited. Well, and I start to think, you know, are they shoving the, uh, the female Lee role thing down our throats uh, now that they've got the Rogue One and, uh, and you know, the last Star Wars movie that they did? But... Uh, I think they're pulling it off, man. She seems like a super cool chick. How do you guys feel about Darth Vader being in a movie? Well, he's got to be in the movie. That's the time. He won't it much. <laughs> That's, yeah, he's going to be the star of the movie. I mean, everybody's going to go see it because Darth Vader is still in the movie. Yeah, he'll be in it for like a second. Probably. <laughs> if, yeah. if we're lucky, right? Yeah. They only show like a half of a breathing sequence in the preview. But I do hear <laughs> that James Earl Jones is going to do the voice. Yeah? So that's got to be worth something right there. He's kind of got to. First thing, um, have you guys checked out the the full costume of Pennywise? No. Yes, I have. What did you think about it? 
Um, it looks okay. It wasn't, I don't know, I just, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, okay. Moving on. Yeah, I guess the the costume designer is going for, as as she put it, uh, a medieval, renaissance, Elizabethan, and Victorian eras. What? <laughs> There's a lot of eras to yeah. make. Oh, shit. <laughs> what does it look like in comparison to the old one? It's, it's a fucking yeah. clown costume. It looks, it looks like an old clown. Looks like an old I just, okay. I don't, is I've never found clown scary, so I just... I don't you never get found it. clowns scary? Is there something wrong with your childhood? No. <laughs> oh, I found clowns really scary creepy. if they're a pedophile. <laughs> right. Clowns are kind of creepy. Well, okay, all right. It has a lot to do with that, to be fair. You think so, huh? I, that influenced you quite a that, bit growing it, up? It influenced me. That was one of my childhood things, man. Yeah, because see, I was, I'm was i a little bit older generation than most of you guys. I actually, by the time I read it, it I had you know pretty much gone through all those phases. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was definitely creeped out by clowns as a see, kid. Well, I mean, because clowns are always creepy. I think so. I think that's pretty much universal. Yeah, I think, though, from what they said, they're trying to go for They're trying to make Pennywise look like he's older than anybody realizes like like a, like he's ancient like an ancient being oh okay i can see well i think i think he's supposed to be like some really old thing yeah mm-hmm. i'm actually i'm down with that piece of the story i like it yeah and it's still got the release date of september 8th of next year so i think they've start, already started shooting the movie right now yeah i think or, they're shooting but i i can i think it is something that could do with a remake. I just I I don't know this one will be any good because we obviously we're not going to see it till next year. But if you do watch the old um, mini series, it's kind of laughable now. And I remember like everybody being so shit scared of it. But I just kind of think like it's really funny. Like Tim Curry as Pennywise is hilarious. Like I can't understand the kids being scared of him. See. I think the first half of it, still going back today. Okay, to be fair, I haven't actually gone back today to look at it, but that was uh, that was that was one of my things when I was a kid, man. That is so scary to me, and I would love to go back and watch it again. And I I, I think that at least the first half of it still may hold up, but I'm totally down for a remake. Hopefully, they're going to do something with this because they've been pushing it down our throats for ever already. And it's still a year away. I mean, I don't even they've started production. Is anybody familiar with this uh, Bill Skarsgård that's in it? Bill Skarsgård. What has he been in? The only thing I've I've seen a couple of episodes of uh, Hemlock Grove, but other than that, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't checked out him Hemlock Grove. Um, Bill Skarsgård sounds familiar. It's because he's part of the Skarsgård clan. Maybe. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. Well, I believe the uh, the father is uh, in Thor. He's in the Thor movies. Oh, is he? Yeah, uh, he plays the the professor, I believe. Oh, Skarsgård. Yeah, the father. Is that who you are talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's been around for a long time. Okay, uh, my next uh, thing we're going to talk about is uh, Mark Duplass and director uh, Patrick Bryce uh, confirmed there's going to be Creep Two. Oh, I loved Creep. I loved Creep. Have you guys seen that? I've never seen it. No. Oh, yep. it's 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 a beautiful little short. What, maybe an hour and twenty minutes? Brian, you saw it, didn't you? 
Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, it's it, it but it gets everything exactly uh I mean it tells the whole story, wouldn't you agree? From start to yes. finish. And yes, wouldn't you say that final scene is really fucking shocking? Yes, it is. Even though you kind of see it coming, it's sort of telegraphed, but it still fucking freaks you out, doesn't it? Yeah, and um he's uh he made a comment that uh, Mark Duplass made a comment on Twitter that uh the next the next one's going to be a little bit more weirder. Because uh, I, I'm that's got me intrigued. He's uh, right? he was really weird and creepy in the first one. Well, I've always so. liked him. What what was the movie that he was in, guys? Where he was the uh, time traveler, but you didn't really know until the end of the movie if he really was or not. Um, safety not guaranteed. Yes, that was a brilliant film. Do you guys Holy enjoy crap, that? I've never seen it. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I've, I've liked him ever since. He's a very likable guy. And have you guys seen a, movie, a small movie called The One I Love? Uh-uh. That, that was a nice little movie about some... Uh, basically, he and his wife were having a, a lot of trouble with their relationship, and they went away to a uh, like a weekend retreat. And come to find out, there was a lot more going on at this retreat than you think. And by the time it was all said and done, there was a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of science fiction elements, but also a lot of like uh, multiple universes and things like that going on. It was a really nice, underrated little movie. Yeah, I guess um, they're planning on making this movie, uh, this, this this a trilogy. So there will be a third one to this one too. I'll tell you what, if uh, if the two and three are as good as the first one, I'm in. Huh? Yeah, me too. Okay, uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, we're getting a Pumpkinhead remake. Pumpkinhead. Why? Because they're remaking everything. Is that's, Lance Henriksen in this one? That's what they do. Um, not that I'm... It's in the beginning stages. Um, uh, what is his name? Peter Block, uh, executive producer of the Saw franchise. Uh-huh. He's got the rights to the movie. Right. So he's going to be making it. I don't think I ever and, saw Pumpkinhead, man. Well, did you, did you guys know the original was directed by Stan Winston, the special effects guru? Yes, and uh, actually, since you said that, they they plan on keeping the movie. They're respecting um, how he did the practical effects and stuff, so they're they're going to use a lot of practical effects in this one. We can only hope, but I'm 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 worried. I'm really worried. I really really love the original so much. I'm I'm really. I would be pissed off if they fucked it up. Yeah, I may have to check it out now. I yeah. did have a good conversation with Lance Henriksen about who would win in a fight. The alien or pumpkin head? Yeah, it was for um, an interview I did with him a few years ago. Right. That's crazy. He went with the alien. He went with the alien. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting because they both seem to be from ca- kind of common mythologies. If you look at the way that they're built and the way they look, I could almost kind of see them coming from the same species. Hmm. Aliens are bad mofo. And our last thing we're going to talk about um kevin bacon has expressed interest in playing freddy krueger kevin bacon <laughs> yes he would be so crispy worst <laughs> <laughs> joke ever kind of yeah I was, I was thinking oh no you kind of leave kind of leave that one open to jokes there <laughs> oh god oh god thank you for the levity marcy because i i'm not liking what i'm hearing right here yeah, uh, we had talked about all the uh, the remakes and sequels, uh, all the big horror franchises coming out next year. Not Freddy, though. Please. Yeah, this not this again. was the only one that was not, not talked about. 
Jackie Earl Haley already raped him and killed him and burned him and put him in the backyard. No more Freddies, please. I there liked could only be one. Freddy. I liked it. And we're going to agree on that. Because <laughs> we both disagreed on that last time. Oh, yeah. That movie's so, so bad. Like, he was okay, but the whole movie was just so ridiculously stupid. Horrible, wasn't it? It made it a little too serious for what it needed to be. It was micro-sleeps while swimming in a pool. Fuck off. Right? <laughs> Give me a fucking break, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was horrid. Tell us what you really It think. was horrid. So here we go again, huh? Going going for the third time's the charm, right, Brian? Yeah, it, it's, it's not confirmed. He just Thank expressed God. interest, but... He would be a better choice than a lot. And here's the thing. He has experience playing a child molester. True. He could get really crispy, and he can right. be really fucking creepy. He's got experience playing about everything at this point. I think that. Uh, and what, I believe what did Kevin Bacon not do. <laughs> and I believe they're getting a writer, uh, David Leslie Johnson, who did uh, scripts for uh, Orphan and The Conjuring Two. Okay. Oh. So hmm. now I am intrigued. Uh, I'm not. No, <laughs> I don't want to. No, I don't want to see fucking Kevin Bacon as Freddy Krueger, guys. Come on, I don't know, dude. No, fuck who you. Would, I don't care who, who writes it. I don't care what the setup is. I don't care what the premise is. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I cannot equate the two together. Who, who would you want? Who would you want to play Freddy Krueger? Nobody. Robert England. How about that? He's still alive. Why not fucking bring Robert England back to play Freddy Krueger again? God damn it! What an original idea. Things for once in his life. All right, whatever. <laughs> Freddy's one of my icons, guys. The poor man alone, damn it. Well, for fuck, for fuck's sake. I mean, you're you're shitting you're shitting on one of my horror icons here. I can't see anybody else playing him. It's the only thing he's ever really played. Well, you know, I've met him and I've talked to him about a Nightmare on Elm Street too. And. And it was awesome because that movie's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's a whole other podcast. So right there, you're kind it? of just bragging, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I like bragging about who I've met and who I've hung out with. That's pretty awesome, though. I mean, to have met and hung out with Robert England, and I mean, you've already talked about one of our deathgasm guys on here. And Robert England put the um the Freddy uh, claw under my chin. I hope you still have that picture. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. He, um, I was wearing my cat ears at the time. Oh, awesome! And he's like, he didn't want to wear the other cat ears because he wanted to say, "To skin some stray cats." I can't do his voice though. <laughs> How do you meet all these people? No, what uh, I want to know is what's up, Super Marcy. Hello. What's up with that the fucking insane. cat ears? That's what I want to know. Um, I'm a cat. Meow. Oh, obviously. Um. Cat ears are fun, and I like having fun and making people smile and laugh. Okay. Because life is too serious. And on that note, that was all the news we have. So now on to tonight's featured attractions. This time we take on the year 1960 in the first of our series, The Year in Horror. From France, we review the classic Eyes Without a Face. Then we're going to cover Peeping Tom from the U.K., and finally, the United States film Psycho. So let's start out with uh, Eyes Without a Face. Uh, as usual, I tried to do a little bit of trivia. Director was Georges Franju, actually most famous for being co-founder with 
Henri Lang- Langlois, I hope I'm getting these names right. Not at all. Of the <laughs> Cinématique Française in 1937, which is France's most famous and important film archive. So this director was actually probably had more uh, fame from starting the largest film archive in France. Writer was Pierre Beaulieu, also known for Vertigo, Diabolique, and Faces in the Dark. When the film appeared in Edinburgh, in the Edinburgh Film Festival in 1960, it was reported that seven audience members fainted during the surgery scene. Uh-huh. Director Georges Frangier responded, Now I know why Scotsmen wear skirts. <laughs> Wait, what? The, the original title of this movie in French is mentioned in the chorus of the song Eyes Without a Face. Fitting, right? By Billy Idol from the album Rebel Yell in 1983. This was originally released in the U.S. in an edited version titled The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus. A particularly (laughs) odd title considering there's no one in the film named Dr. Faustus. That's random. Uh, Marcy, as our guest, we would like to allow you to begin the critique here of the uh, famous film Eyes Without a Face. Uh, Sure. Well, considering I did pick the topic as suggested by me so all your hate can just come at me so Uh, emails that you guys decide to send us just forward them over to marcy and she'll handle all that shit (laughs) yeah so yeah um eyes without a face is a film that i think is fantastic um just go over what it's actually about um because it's not just about a face um, I mean, it's not about eyes that don't have a face, technically. So there's a doctor who's a brilliant surgeon, um, and his daughter was left um, really badly disfigured uh, after an accident, and he kidnaps young women and attempts to do face transplants to give his daughter a new face. Um, and the eyes without a face comes from... Uh, his daughter wearing just this plain, like, white mask that covers her disfigured face. That's pretty much the gist of the story. Um, you kind of, the, the film goes through uh, the, the crazy doctor, uh, how he, yeah, I guess, finds women and performs surgery on them and to try and... Uh, fix his daughter, but she's not really all that into it. Um, and as that's... mentioned in the, in the trivia, they they do show graphically the surgery um, for yeah. the uh, face. And it, it's, uh, for when it was made, it's quite fucking disgusting. Stuff. Yeah, for real. That was, that was the scene that really stood out to me in that movie. Yeah, I really remember that one too. It was, uh, I, I mean, the for the special effects... In 1960, that was pretty phenomenal. That was it looked like it was real. And I think a lot more of it was the lead up to that than what the actual removal of the face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think a lot of it got me more of the how how slowly and methodically he he worked toward getting that done. And I just thought that was like super creepy. I think watching this movie, you can definitely see that it's been a huge influence just in cinema in general. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just from everything, the way that it's shot, the way the story's told, and even that that specific surgery scene, like 
how I don't know how they how they did it, but I guess um, being in black and white too, it really looks just even more uh, grotesque. Yeah, for sure. A, a little bit adds a little realism to it, a little suspension of disbelief. And um, and I think not only are the other films we're discussing um, from the same year, and they're all based in horror, but I think. I think that the the mad scientist here is kind of um, a little bit sympathetic in what he's actually doing and why, and I think that's a running theme with these three movies as well, that mm-hmm. the person that's supposed to be the villain is quite sympathetic and um, you yeah, can actually feel something for them because this is a guy who's motivated for his daughter because of what's happened to her. Right. And, and the way that he wants to fix her. He's not just killing for the sake of killing uh, women. I'm not sure if you guys had felt that watching this as well. Oh, yeah, I don't, absolutely. I don't thoughts are on it, so. Well, anytime you bring that, that other aspect to, to somebody who's obviously a psychopath, I mean, you have to find out why they're a psychopath, right? But, I mean, that's sort of uh, like a key to the movie. And uh, now that he's got his... Um, intentions are, are known, you know, that it, it brings another side of his character to the story, I think. There was actually a, a scene, guys, that I noticed uh, fairly early in the film when they were um, in the process of, he was, uh, he had he had the uh, chemicals that he was going to drug the young lady. Yeah, yeah. And he was, it, it was kind of a misdirection because it looked like he was going to pour her some, it looked, looked like it was wine or something like that. <laughs> And I thought, okay, he's probably going to put the drug in the in the wine, mm-hmm. and she's going to drink it and fall asleep. But it was a little bit of misdirection because he actually filled the two glasses up and left them on the table, and then he actually got behind her and got her with the sodium pentothal, yeah, and actually just knocked her right out. Yeah. Did you guys uh, have, have you guys seen the uh, movie The Human Centipede, the first one? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I got a really, I got a really strong vibe uh, from from this scene of the the scene where the uh, the, the the psychopathic German mad scientist well, kidnaps the the you young know ladies. that had to be a uh, I'm sure that this movie is probably one of their direct inspirations. You know, yeah, I mean, direct with, with the mad scientist aspect going. You know, the mad doctor. Sure, and I think that it inspired a bunch of movies. Uh, Forewarning, it is uh, subtitled, it's in French, and it's black and white, and it's old, <laughs> and it is definitely dated. But uh, man, if you can if you can get past that stuff and, and get into the story, it's uh, it's definitely influenced so much stuff that uh, I, I think it's totally worth watching. Point out something, movies aren't dated, they're a product of their time. It is definitely a product of its time. Movies are like... <laughs> looking back in a history book but you're looking at a live book or something like you can really feel uh when you watch a film it doesn't matter like when the film is set but when you watch a film that was made in the 60s you feel and you get a feel for that era <laughs> no i like i think that that makes sense because uh that's that's sort of what you if you're gonna go back and watch a movie from the 60s especially right. something like this 
Uh, I mean, you, you're going to have to get a sense of, of what it was like back then. And, so it, and, so and it's, it's unfair to call it dated, because well, we're looking at it from through the lens of 2016. Dude, it's still dated, wh- whatever you're going to say. But <laughs> but a film is dated the second it comes out, really. Yeah, true. But no, I can see what she's saying, though. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely like... It, 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 and that's what it is. This is this is a history lesson, you know. It's not a it's not a hey, let's go have a Saturday night and have some drinks movie. It's <laughs> it's uh it's it's this. You're learning something when you watch this. This is this is history of filming. Yeah, that the yeah definitely the scene where he took the the young lady's face off was really disturbing, and it was just so strange how clinical he was. But did you also notice how much he was sweating? It's like, because he was worried about it. Like you said, Marcy, this is like, it was like a passion project for him. Some black and white stuff, man. Well, look at it this way. His heart was in the right place. He was trying to save his daughter. You know, what could be more honorable than that? And yet, look what he's doing to do it. Look what ends he's willing to go to, to give his daughter a beautiful face again, to make Mm. her gorgeous again, like she used to be, you know, before the accident. So to me, it really, what stuck out to me was how much he was sweating and how much he really cared about that. You could tell it was so passionate for him to do that correctly and, and get it right. And it worked it's, at first, of course. It's the little details like that that you have to appreciate that they've put in, that you can actually like notice that and pick up on that, I think, says a lot about how, how much care they've put into making this movie. Yeah, I think that this guy actually pulled a lot from uh, Hitchcock in his his filmography and stuff, or his, uh, you know, and, you think so? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I mean, because that black and white stuff where you where you get zoomed in and super minute detail on the stuff like him sweating on his brow and stuff, you know, I think that uh, that's something you don't see a whole lot anymore. Brian, what did you think about it, man? Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I didn't know it was subtitled, and sometimes that throws me off a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, fuck!" I but, um, pay attention to this one. <laughs> I, I really, I really enjoyed it, though. Um, the main, the main character. What was the girl's name? Oh, Christina. We're Christian, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I really, the, the, I really. The doctor. Yeah, I, I really liked how because I, I thought she was just going to go throughout the movie having no sympathy for these women she just wanted to face. Oh, I and... didn't get that. I didn't get that impression at all. I, I thought from the very beginning she had sympathy. In fact, uh, in the one scene where Louise, or one, one of the ladies, the young ladies threw herself out of the window, uh, oh, was yeah. it Edna? May, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, any, anyway, one of the young ladies that was being operated on, because her face was so horrible when she woke up, she threw herself out of a window. I thought that was uh, was, was Christiana first. I thought she had committed suicide, mm-hmm. and I thought we were getting one of those movies where the you know the protagonist goes out really quickly in it, yeah. like another one we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, I, I really felt the opposite. Really, I felt like she just wanted to get her face, and by and by the end, that's that's why I felt the turn came. Let's give daps to the to the actress here. Uh, she did all that just through a mask. Like I, almost all of that acting that she did throughout the whole movie was just eye gestures. What do you think, Marcy? Was she sympathetic to the victims from the beginning, or was it a a, a last minute uh, uh, salvation? I I think she. I don't think she was in the position she wanted to be in from the start. I think she was going along with it for her father until yeah until the end i think 
Mm-hmm. And I have a question. What what kind of doctor was he? Was he a therapist? Was he a surgeon? Was he a veterinarian? Oh, my understanding is he was a surgeon. He was a mad oh. doctor. Okay, he just he just owned a dog kennel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was weird too. Okay, so what was up well, with the dog? He was doing all of his experiments on guys. Come is on. it? Okay, I wasn't sure if it was that he just he fed his dead girls to that one, like <laughs> it was animal thing going. <laughs> yeah, but the dogs sure sure did love the daughter, didn't they? <laughs> they did. I mean, she turned the beast into the beauty, yeah. right? She was cool. She was cool with him. Okay, I was I was a little confused because I thought that the actual place where he worked at was more like for like a like therapy for people that are like insane or going crazy or <laughs> no I thought I thought he, he, it... no he was a surgeon okay yeah I think that was fairly evident from the beginning that that that's the kind of work they were doing there they were doing a lot of like basically what we now would call plastic surgery or mm. cosmetic surgery. He went to the um, went to the uh, mad doctor school of uh, surgery. <laughs> Something up. You know, I, I did I did like some of the uh, the details though that they had when when the movie was developing. Um, like for example, when it looked like the operation was going to work and she the new face was going to set on her, and then did you notice that her dad said your cheeks are getting very rosy? And uh, he knew at that point, you could just see his eyes just fall down. And you knew that he knew at that point with the red color that infection was setting in. Yeah. That it was only a matter of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought the mask was pretty creepy. Because oh, I love the mask. It, yeah, because it almost looked like a face. Yeah, very much so. Beautiful movie. Gorgeously filmed movie. Yes. I mean, I, re- I really loved it from the very beginning. I, th- I think they did a great job with what they had to work with, you know? Oh yeah, you can you can see so much like modern influences from the way this film was shot, right? Um, just just so beautiful to look at. A lot of just amazing like framework. Um, and yes, I'm a nerd. I look at that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I really like how it's uh, paced and set out, and how things get revealed. And again, just how that how they did the surgery scene. Mm-hmm. Still quite just. Bleh. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, pe- people just, people try to make a film that's that effective now, you know, with a scene that's that chilling. And they just, they just can't do it, you know? They, mm. what, what they got away with here was something that you may not see again for a long time. I mean, it was beautifully shot. And like I said, I really liked the lead up to it. I thought it was very clinically done, but there were, you could also see the passion. And that was, that was what really got me. So, Marcy, I have to ask you, as a a, uh, a member of House Bolton, because I saw how you scored on the Facebook challenge that we did the quit the uh, Game of Thrones quiz. Like <laughs> what? Uh, did you see the Ram- what did you think about the Ramsey Bolton ending? I've always liked the ending, kind of like poetic in a way. Yeah. Quite poetic, right? But do you think Game of Thrones might have even gotten something from that, or am I overreaching here? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. It's possible, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe Ramsey watched it. Maybe they have cinema in the Game of Thrones universe and we just don't know. Quite possible. <laughs> There's a lot of other things they have going on there, that's for sure. Well, man, I I gave a little bit better review of this one than I expected to when I first started watching it because it is, it is uh, from 1960 and it's got some slow stuff going. But, and it is a slow build, but... Uh, 
you know, I mean, it's totally, totally worth watching. I like the movie. So, Marcy, we usually try to review our movies here, like on a one to ten scale, which I'm sure you're quite familiar with. Um, would you like to go first and uh, tell us what you thought of this on a scale of one to ten and why? Uh, look, for me, this is a film that I would give a perfect score to because I just think it hits all the right notes and I just don't feel like there's anything that doesn't work for me. I would say ten. I usually go out of five, so five out of five, ten out of ten. But okay. that's me. That's how I work. So Fair enough. Australia we'll play Australia Rules football tonight. Um I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. I think that uh, it's definitely classic and it, it has a lot to offer to the to the horror world. I wish there was less dead spots where there were like no music. I mean, I get that where it builds the scene and stuff. Okay. But I feel like I need music, and I think that uh, when you when you watch something like Psycho, and uh, they have that awesome score going on the whole time, mm-hmm. I can it see totally that. Totally sure. makes a difference. That's really the big difference here is just production value. Fair enough. What about you, Brian? I'm also going to give it a seven. Um, I thought going into this because it was uh, subtitled, I was uh, not going to be really into it, but the story was strong enough to keep me into it, and it was beautifully shot. So I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. All right. Well, at the risk of sounding competitive, actually, I'll I'll do this. I'll go with Australian rules football. I'll give it a 3.5 out of five. And I will say that uh, a lot of the things you guys said about this film are the way that I feel. I mean, I could obviously see the influence. It was incredibly beautifully shot, very lush. Uh, it, it seems like everything that they set up, they put a lot of thought into building the scene before they actually shot the scene. And I always have a lot of respect for that. So uh, 3.5 out of 5. That's a 7 out of 10 in U.S. terms, right? Or whatever. Well, do you want me to get the calculator out? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, if we, if we need to, we will. So we'll move on to our next movie, Peeping Tom, directed by Michael Powell, also known for The Red Shoes and Black Narcissus. Writer is Leo Mark, who also wrote Twisted Nerve and Guns at Batasi. He was also a, crypt, a cryptographer and head of code development and code security for the Special Operations Executive against the Axis powers during World War II. So we got a real-life war hero film, or who wrote this film. Uh, He was actually a cryptographer as well as head of code development and code security for the SOE against the Axis powers during World War II. So he fought Hitler. Yeah, he he did the cryptography. Wow. Yeah. Pretty, Pretty impressive guy here. First movie to ever put the audience in the killer's point of view. Yeah. Considered to be the first mainstream British movie to show female nudity. This is the British counterpart of Psycho. Though it was banned for many years, and so it did not become a box office smash like Psycho did, filmmakers that saw it when it opened cited it as being similarly influential. Maybe even more so, because the set pieces are more artfully constructed than in Psycho. The killer in Peeping Tom, going back to what you were saying about the sympathetic characters, Marcy, uh, this particular character is much more tragic and sympathetic, which is a major innovation for film at the time. So, uh, Peeping Tom, Marcy, uh, we know you love this movie. 
and you're our guest. We won't start with you. Uh, Brian, I'm going to twist it around a little bit, and let's. what do you think about this movie? I was bored. I didn't understand what was going on in this movie. Um, I didn't feel like he was a sympathetic character. I thought he was just a, a creepy dude. I, ha- I have some questions about what was going on in the movie. Um, I never really got what was his motivation to kill these women. He's peeping Tom. Oh. Yeah, it, it was it was just it was too slow for me. Um I don't know. I've always heard this is one like one of the scariest movies made. Yeah, well it has a ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, if that tells you anything. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really get all that. I think it's a it's a super right. slow build, man. It uh but I, I do get where they had the sympathetic um I mean, it's more so than in Psycho, uh, the sympathetic uh, lead role. I mean, your your protagonist in this movie is the killer, you know, and they uh-huh. they they put you in that. You know, I wasn't a fan of the crosshairs in the middle of the uh, screen while they're while they're putting you in his point of view, but yeah. I get what they had to do, and at least most of the movie wasn't shot like that, so it wasn't super distracting. Yeah, I, I like I said, I was just confused on what his motivation was. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what the whole thing was. He was uh, it, I, it's it's tough for me to say what his motivation was because he was obviously a psychopath, but he was definitely a creepy dude. And uh, but I I think that he showed his a little bit of humanity there also. You know, I mean, you you wanted to root for him and and feel for him to get better. Uh, but then he was also killing people in the process. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I liked it probably a little better than you guys probably did, but, uh, I, I think it was worth watching, man. It's definitely a slow build and it takes a minute to get there, but, uh, it's another one of those classics in cinema history. I think Lance, what you think? Well, I'm like I'm I'm probably more of the school of uh Brian. I I really didn't didn't get it that much. Uh for some reason it just didn't really hit a nerve too much with me. I thought it was a little too cheesy. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm one of those people that's a that's a victim of being in 2016 and watching a 1960 movie. Well, but unlike another movie we're going to talk about later tonight, which I loved, this one just didn't, for some reason, didn't get it for me. But I know I'm totally in the minority, Marcy, so tell me all the ways I'm totally fucking wrong. <laughs> yes, educate us. Well, opinions are not right or wrong. They are just your own. With that said, I do think you guys missed a lot of what this movie had to say and what was in there. Um, so... Peeping Tom is about <clears throat> a, a young man called Mark Lewis, even though he's got this heavy accent. Um, I think the guy was either Austrian or German who played him. Um, okay. But he, um, he, um, <clears throat> he, he's a guy that works in a, in a small film studio. He always has his uh, video camera. He's always filming and he's kind of a voyeur, uh, a.k.a. a peeping Tom. Which you could almost describe as 2016 television, right? Yeah, 
in a way. So I do see that influence, yeah, and I and I do appreciate that. Um, well, this is a man that was carrying around a video camera at a time when it was probably quite unusual to see. Yeah. Right. Um, you get the idea that he's uh, a bit of a, a loner, possibly very uh, sexually repressed kind of man, and he uh, he follows women and kills them recording their moments of death in his video, on his uh, camera. He films it. Um, and... The the story starts off with a with him killing someone, and it's completely done in in his point of view. So as if we're looking, as if we ourselves are looking through that video camera mm-hmm. as it happens. Um, yeah, that's the crosshairs. So yeah, you get you get that view a lot, but um, he is a kind of character that I think is very uh, a sympathetic character. He is somebody. And he sort of asked about, like, what's his motivation for killing? Well, you've right. got to look back through the childhood that he's had, that his his father ran experiments on him. His father, you know, wanted to to study fear, fear in, yeah. in, in the young boy. So he would scare him all the time. And it's something that he's then become fascinated with as he grows older because that's what he wants to see. That's what he wants to capture is uh, someone being scared at the point of death is what he was capturing. Well, and that's it, of... and the, the, the lead chick in the story, like he, uh, his love interest, you know, where he's actually <clears throat> trying to, to form some sort of love interest in this chick. That's not, I'm going to kill you. He keeps yeah. telling her, you know, I, if you're scared, I don't want to look at you. Yeah, he does not want to put her on his camera because he right. won't be able to control himself. He, she's supposed ah, to be the chick. That's a good point. She's I didn't supposed even to be the chick that, that he doesn't photograph. He doesn't want to do that because he is scared that he will hurt her. Yeah. Because when he sees a woman through that camera is when that instinct to to bring on the fear and to capture that moment comes on with him. So he likes the uh, ultimate fear. That's what is he can't help himself. That's what his killing is. He he wants to see the right? ultimate fear. That that's what it is. And this is something that was instilled from him with his father, which is why we have the video clips of him as a child. Right. Um who who were played by the director's uh kid. Oh. Uh, that's creepy. And the father <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah, and that's what it is. And this, we see him struggling because he's actually forming a bond with somebody, which is something he's probably never had before. Right. Um, she, she even makes him go out without his camera equipment and his camera. So she, she's someone that could easily change him, but he, he struggles with that, which I think it kind of does hit hard because you, you do kind of want this guy to change because you do feel some kind of sympathy for him, even though he is a killer. Yeah. Um, and and the and the, the when he does kill, it does hit hard. But you can also, in that performance, you can feel the inner struggle that he maybe doesn't really want to do it, but he's got that compulsion to do it. Well, right, because uh, he seems like this like meek, nice guy, you know. Yeah. He's and he's... and that um, and that I think is. A really early example of that a killer could almost be anyone. 
Yeah. But the way that the film looks at, especially because it is with a video camera and it puts us in that perspective, um, I think has a lot to say about the way people do sit back and watch things, that we are all some kind of a voyeur uh, into the world. Um, And I, I think this is a film that was ahead of its time in what it had to say. And this is why just audiences at the time just couldn't deal because it was quite violent and very, very confronting. Um, well, maybe it's more of a well-known fact if uh, people that are really heavily into cinema, but this is one of um, Martin Scorsese's favourite films and I think really? he helped. Um, yeah, he helped. Uh, he helped with the restoration as well as... Um, Michael Powell's other films like The Red Shoes, he was a big supporter of uh, Michael Powell and he um, would often try and show, I think specifically this film as well, back in the late 60s, early 70s. And um, Scorsese's longtime um, partner, um, not like romantic partner, but um, working partner, right? Um, uh, Thelma uh Schoenmarker, I can't say her name very well. Um you know, they've worked I think together on pretty much like all of his films. Uh maybe a couple of Scorsese movies they didn't work on, but she's she's his primary editor, but um he introduced her to Michael Powell and they were married until he died. So what? holy shit. Bit of uh Backstory. So, so we got some definite cinema history going here. And if, if you do, uh, Martin Scorsese will say that this movie, along with something else, are two movies that show everything you need to know about making a film. So the controversy around this film it ruined Michael Powell's career as a director. He was blacklisted. He was. So what was the controversy, though? Was it just the, I mean, the everything. half it's second violence. of nudity or just the whole? No, it's, it's, the, it's everything. It's the, the violence. The deep it's show the aspect. Nudity. And... Yeah, the new everything. Because this is, cinema goers would not have seen anything like this. Until yeah, it, it was, it was kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he said it was a creepy guy. Yeah, dude, I mean, you, like, you want to feel for him? Yeah, the chick that was in his his uh, his like showing him the videos at the very beginning, dude. I'd have been out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody I mean, anybody sane would be. Things would got think. weird real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just think that putting the audience in that perspective um, of a killer in something that is so confronting, and you got to remember, nineteen sixty, like. Yeah. People were stunned back then by a toilet being flushed. Which happened in Psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so imagine all of this. Um, it would have been quite a confronting experience. And for me, I think it still is uh, quite a confronting film because it's not it's not one of those films that's gore heavy. It's not um, it's not completely in your face. It builds up to something. It really takes the time to develop this character, to develop this relationship between Mark and Helen. And you kind of get the idea that 
people are interested in this guy, but they just don't know what to make of him. And I think that's really evident in the scene where he is with um, the stand-in um, Vivian, played by Moira Oshiro, who's the lead in The Red Shoes. Um, and she's dancing around and having fun with him. And, you know, it's almost like you just don't want something bad to happen, but it does. Yeah. That was an interesting scene. I thought that scene was going to go in a different direction for some reason. It yeah, did not feel too. anything at all like a horror or suspense movie yeah. at that point. Yeah, she she did a good job of bringing a lot of, a lot of levity to the movie at that point. I, I kind of wasn't expecting anything bad to happen at that point. I'll tell you what, uh, though, and, and, and it may be just because it was 1960, but uh, and I know it's a slow build, but it did feel a little bit long to me at, at some points. I mean, there were some times where I was like, okay, they could, probably could have cut some of this stuff out. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you're a product of, of the now cinema. generation where I want my stuff now. Right. Oh, you've yeah. got some filler? No, I don't want that. Get it out. No, you, need to, <laughs> you need to learn to appreciate a build. Um, you can't have everything delivered to you straight away. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So, Brian, after hearing all this uh, beautifully put to you by Marcy, who's uh, obviously a huge fan of this movie, do you kind of see things a little bit differently now, or do you you have some some new appreciation of the film at all after listening to what she had to say about the uh, you know the history and the way they put it together and everything? Oh, absolutely. I th- I think. Um... I'm gonna give it a. I'm definitely gonna give it a rewatch. I, uh, really I, I definitely think I missed some stuff. I really. I think you need to be in a good headspace to watch this movie too. <laughs> I really, you, I really wanted you to be like, nah, man, he's What's creepy, that? dude. You said, you said you have to be in the right headspace. It, it definitely uh, deserves a lot of a lot of attention, right? You can't it's have not, a bunch of shit going on in the background. You got to like watch it and be invested. You need to in pay the attention. You need yes. to engage with it. If you can't do that, you're not going to really get much out of it. Yeah, you got to You got to well, sit down and really watch the movie. Well, one one thing I promise you, after everything you've had to say about it, Marcy, I will absolutely positively give this movie another watch, and I'm gonna I'm, and I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I don't have a lot of stuff going on in the background when I watch it. That's part of what made it long. I had to like stop every ten seconds. Yeah, kids running around, yeah, and things like that. Throw yeah. a kid against the wall or <laughs> sure. chuck something at the dog. You know. All right, so uh, I think we're down to the part where we give it our ratings. I think Marcy, we know you're going to rate it fairly highly. Brian, what would you give it? Um, for right now, I'm gonna give it a six. Um, I, I really, I really thought uh, the main character was, like I said, that he was creepy kind of came off like an old school bond villain to me the way he was talking but i i'm gonna give it a rewatch um i think after i give it a rewatch i think my rating will probably change fair enough i, I like that what about you philip uh man i actually probably would have rated it higher had i not watched so- psycho um immediately after i think that i would have given it an eight and now i want to give it a seven because i think that uh while it is definitely a piece of cinema history, a lot of it was very theatrical, you know what I mean? Like, the responses were not always very natural, like they were in, in say, Psycho or a lot okay. of the stuff that we see today. Right. And, and, and it's a little more theatrical responses. So, like, he'd be, he'd be talking to somebody and then, but wait, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that kind of thing. That was your impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understood. So, uh, I mean, definitely iconic and definitely worth watching. 
I think that it, uh, it is a slow build, a good story, and for its time was crazy risque. But, uh, uh, yeah, seven is pretty good. Well, like I said, I'm definitely going to give it a rewatch, and I hope that my, my score increases, but i, I got to be honest, guys. I give I give it a 3 out of 10. I mean, it Gosh. bored the hell out of me. I, I thought it was incredibly theatrical. I thought it was incredibly forced, a lot of the acting was. That, again, upon rewatch, I'm sure a lot of that's going to change. Yeah, or a lot of it probably had to do with the fact that a lot a lot of stuff going on in the background, but... I, I really did not like this movie of all, at all out of the three of them. But that, that again, just my opinion. Uh, but Marcy, I know you're going to completely blow me out of the water here. Oh, yeah. So it's a 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, without a doubt. There's, for me, there is nothing wrong with this movie. It's a masterpiece. It really is, in my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. So for my respect for you, I'll absolutely go back and I'm going to rewatch this. In, in fact, this week, I guarantee you, if not tomorrow, I will. I re- in fact, you know what? I will rewatch this movie tomorrow. I promise. Yeah, I, I got to. I got to. Why am I not seeing what you guys are? Because you're weird. <laughs> that might be it. OK, fair <laughs> enough. You got to like <laughs> just leave it at that. Right? Shut off the world around you to watch this one, man. All right. All right. So moving on, uh, I think the third movie that we're going to talk about, everyone has pretty much heard of, whether you've been born in 1960, born in 1990, or whatever. Everybody's heard of Psycho, the original. Director is Alfred Hitchcock, also known for The Birds, Rear Window, and Vertigo. Writer Joseph Stefano, and he was, he was known mainly for writing TV shows. He did a lot of uh, episodic stuff for The Outer, Limit, Outer Limits, Swamp Thing, and Star Trek The Next Generation. This was based on a novel by Robert Block, who also worked on Star Trek and the original series, as well as The Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Director Alfred Hitchcock originally envisioned the shower sequence as completely silent, but Bernard Herrmann went ahead and scored it anyway, and upon hearing it, Hitchcock immediately changed his mind. And I think we would all agree that's one of the most iconic uh, music and film sequences ever. Oh, yeah. It's been duplicated many, many times. According to biographers, Alfred Hitchcock himself had a troubled relationship with his own domineering mother, who, just like Mrs. Bates, forced him to stand at the foot of her bed and tell her everything that happened to him during the day. Although the real relationship was not quite as disturbed as that scene in the movie. Allegedly. Uh, Anthony Perkins, ironically, was paid U.S. $40,000 for his role, which is, of course, exactly the same amount of money that Marion Crane embezzles. In Halloween H2O, 20 years later, a 1998 movie, Janet Lee drives a 1950s car similar to Marion Crane's, which, when revealed, part of the Psycho theme is played. Director John Carpenter was inspired by Psycho when making the original Halloween, and was quite excited when Lee's daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm sure we've heard of her, auditioned and was cast. So that's the trivia for Psycho, and uh, I think we want to go back to our regular of letting our guest start things out here. Uh, If you so desire. Please. We do. Um, I don't think we really need to say what the plot is. I think everyone kind of knows. (laughs) Um, I mean, basically... Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee, 
she steals 40 grand from her employer. She goes on the run. She ends up at Bates Motel, uh, run by the creepy-looking Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins. And uh, you think that uh, Janet Lee is going to be the star of the movie, but he comes her <laughs> the shower scene, and that is a moment that often gets copied. <laughs> Your lead uh, role gets killed halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then her sister, Lila, and her lover, Sam, go on the uh, guess, uh, investigation to see what where Marion is, what happened to her, and it leads them to Bates Motel. Um, and throughout the movie, we are led to believe that Norman's crazy old lady mother, Norma Bates, is the killer. But then it serves up a crazy twist ending. This is... I guess one of the most influential films, not just horror films, but films um, of all time. A, I guess a masterpiece in every way. I do think this film gets a lot of praise when I don't necessarily think it's the greatest of films, but I do think very highly of it. Um, and every time I watch it, I do get something different out of it. Um and I think there's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of inventive things that um, Hitchcock did and came up with, and it's just certainly something everybody should should see or should have seen. Um, there's no reason not to not see the movie, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. And it's kind of funny to think about that. I guess the book was uh, inspired by uh, the killer Ed. I can't say his name. Edgine. Yeah, who skinned corpses and walked walked around wearing his uh, victim skin. I don't know. Dancing how, around. I don't know how much <laughs> of that is like actual Edgine stuff, and how much of it is just like you know, because it, it, he's supposed to be the inspiration from like Texas everything. Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Yeah, he's the, he's the inspiration and, for everything. Yeah, for, hey, pretty much inspired, every American horror. The, yeah. the author was inspired by what ha- happened, so that part is true. Mm-hmm. But just taking something so, you know, just basic um, and just turning it into something else um, – and again, I, like I, I've said, the, just the running theme for me with these films, aside from the year and that they're horror, is that you've got mm-hmm. the sympathetic killer slash lead. And I think Norman Bates is definitely a sympathetic uh, lead. Um, and like with um, Peeping Tom, they're both very quiet, shyish very sexually repressed kind of guys. That is true. Yeah, you like your you like your psychos. <laughs> you know, I, I could, uh, I do like um, my sympathetic, uh, crazy killer people. Yeah, the, the difference <laughs> the difference for me being that I, I, I really, really liked Perkins from the minute I saw him, and I didn't care a bit about the guy in Peeping Tom. Oh. He just creeped me out too That's much. True. Perkins just sat to me as soon as he sat down and he offered her sandwiches and and to take care of her and stuff like that. I just thought he was a nice, caring guy. I really cared about him. I thought he was a good guy. Well, he seemed like he had this, yeah, really nice guy thing down. He was a very genuine character, and that's a true psycho, right? Yeah. 
he's that kind of guy. Like he's the guy next door that you would never suspect would do anything wrong. Right. Uh, and throughout the movie, we're led to believe like he's just cleaning up after his crazy mother. That he's the way he is because of this crazy mother. Exactly. It's yeah. not his fault, right? He didn't do it. I gotta say, when I when I saw that we were watching Psycho, you know, I, I know that it's an American classic, and uh, I I was really not looking forward to going back and watching this because I've I've gone back and watched all of those classic movies when I was like a teenager and stuff, and uh, this is one that really never resonated with me, you know, and I always felt like it took so long and was so slow, and uh, man, as soon as I turned it on today, it was just immediately what jumped out at me was the uh, production value was amazing for 1960 dude they were on point it was so much better than i remembered because it 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 takes from i mean if you're looking at it from where you would have watched it back then you know that's not what you would have expected you know you're you're watching this totally uh, other movie and then halfway through the story is when she shows up at this Bates Motel. It's it's basically a crime drama, the whole thing. It's not so much a horror movie as a crime drama True. with a horror built into it. And uh, it takes halfway through the movie for her to get to the Bates Motel and for any of this shit to happen. But then when it does, it's like, and then bam, she, and by then she's fucking your done. Head. Yeah, dude, she's dead. And, <laughs> right? And, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> and then uh, the whole rest of the movie is still trying to figure out where she is. And uh, and getting this crazy psycho mother in the basement out of here, you know? I, I I really enjoyed it. This is the first time I've probably watched it in 20 years. And uh, I never I never really liked it before. I never got into it. But uh, this time, it was really amazing. This is a piece of cinema right here, man. Mostly for the production value. Right. Because when I say that the other movies are dated... I say that the other movies are dated. This one holds this up. This didn't feel like a 1960s movie. No, this one doesn't movie, feel like a, a yeah. 1960s movie. I, I would agree. I feel like if somebody was to remake this and go back today and and and, and, and film it, it the way yeah. that they did and try to try to do a like a retro remake of it, this is how it would end, would end up. You know, I mean, and, and a lot of that probably had to do with the acting. I mean, they found Hitchcock. I don't know what it is, but he he seems to find really really talented actors, and that was and, the thing, and, and people who fall right into the roles. It's Especially yeah, I know he used Jimmy Stewart a lot for some of his oh, roles, and he—I mean—they were perfect together. Yeah, but Hitchcock just seems to have a thing with picking the right people for the right role. See, but after having gone back and watched like the Bates Motel and stuff, because I got kind of into that, um, it, it's sort of cool to watch the lead up. Yeah, to think about this the. Even though it's the in a psychiatry time. of Norman, even Bates though it's Norman Bates using cell phones in his and head. Stuff well, no, but I'm saying, <laughs> but if if you're looking at the old film after watching the new stuff, you know, right. I mean, it's it's cool to to go back and watch the psychiatry going on in his head. You know, like what is what is happening? There. What led up to this? Yeah. Right. And what do you What do you think, Brian? I like it. Oh, I'm. You know, I really enjoy it. One of the things I really enjoy about it is the interaction between it. Well, what you assume is the interaction between him and his mom. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's pretty crazy how he completely changes voice and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, this guy, Perkins, doesn't look like that in any other movie that he's ever done, man. Um, like, he, he, he loses that bit of innocence that he has in this movie i think yeah i mean i just like her watch man 
yeah, watching the movie, like you guys said, he just seems like an unassuming nice guy, you know, until he starts killing people, which I felt like the kills were pretty brutal. Yeah. For 1960, especially the 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 private investigator, right? He pretty much stabs him in the face. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little different rewatching the movie now because you already know what the twist is at the end, right? So well, can you imagine what that was? I mean, this has got to be one of the classic. Oh yeah, back in back in that time, when Darth the... Vader twist. You know what I mean? Yes. This is this this had to be phenomenal at that point in time. Yeah, I'm. I, I really enjoy this movie. I, I enjoyed it more than Peeping Tom. This is a, this is a movie my wife won't watch. She she's seen it before, and she this movie creeps the shit out of her. She won't watch it because it creeps her out. Yeah, she's watched it once. Won't watch it ever again. <laughs> I I fuck, I fucking love this movie, guys. I fucking loved it from the start to finish. And I've never seen any of the uh, in in. I haven't seen Psycho two, Psycho three, Psycho four. So it looks like I've got some more movie homework to do beyond what we're talking about here, and what rewatching Peeping Tom tomorrow. But I mean, th- this movie, as far as I'm concerned, I mean the build up to it, the way it just drops the the floor out from under you when you really think that Crane is going to be the protagonist, yeah. and she's going to be like the final girl, right? Because right. now we think of the final girl. Who is the one who who makes it to the very end, right, of the horror movies? If you watch this with fresh eyes, it would be a fun movie to watch. Yeah, I love it. I really, I, I really think the buildup is great. I love the way that they they drop you on your ass halfway through the movie mm-hmm. and they kill her, mm-hmm. and then from there it it, it kind of becomes a, a follow up to to find out what really happened. And of course, then he has to cover his tracks. You know, and these he has guys to do other suck. Things. All of them, by the way, at covering their tracks. When they get nervous, man, it is very apparent that they are nervous. They they do not. <laughs> so, Mar- Marcy, I know you're not familiar with this, but we always go into this little part of the show that that uh, well, you may have. I'm sure you've heard some of our shows, but Brian always talks about stupid people. <laughs> you got anything to say about this one, Brian? There's quite a few of them. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Yeah, everybody... How about the fucking protagonist who gets a new car while the cop is watching her? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what's up with that bullshit, right? Pays in cash. Yeah. <laughs> tries, to, tries, tries to leave as fast as she can without her luggage and everything. Stupid people. I just I just think um, Marion not the smartest uh, cookie. Obviously, yeah, yeah, definitely got that from her. <laughs> and what was she? What was the deal they was gonna make her if she just brought the money back? Everything were, would just be fine. Well, they were gonna try to not get the cops involved, but she was already dead at that point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just for some reason don't believe it. It just would have went down like that. No, I don't know. <laughs> every, every, everything's forgotten. And uh, if you want a bit of um, extra uh, trivia. Um, Lila, played by Vera Miles, reprises her role um, for Psycho 2. I actually, okay, after talking about it, I kind of want to go back and watch those other uh, the other Psycho movies. The other Psycho movies? Yeah, I totally do. And I actually, I I only got probably two seasons in to the uh, Norman Bates thing, the Bates Motel. Right. But it's because it had so much other drama going on in the background. I I I never got into Bates Motel. Did you watch that, Marcy? I watched 
the first season and a bit of the second season. Um, I kind of like parts of it, but then there's like this whole other thing of this weird town and drugs, and I'm like, I don't get it. Okay, yeah, so, that was, I, I just, so what's up with that? Yeah, that's that's my downfall in that one. Like, I want I want to see more of the Norman Bates stuff and less of the yeah. uh, his his brother's a playboy and they've got some crazy fucking marijuana growing industry what? in yeah, this what? town yeah. what are you talking yeah, about it's, it's is crazy. that really going on yeah no there's there's some new drama every week oh wow they turn it into a cw show is what happens that's not yeah I, I just i just started season three last night right and uh, i think they're gonna get more into the the norman bates character and why he becomes who he is and but there there's still a lot of the shit with his brother and the shit with that goes on in the town going on yeah they've got like i mean like from the get-go they've got some sheriff that's built into the whole marijuana system and it's the the whole thing is fucking (laughs) crazy man sounds like the sounds like the fucking friday the 13th remake where they tried to make jason a pot dealer like and i'm talking shit about it but you know i i watched i watched like three seasons of it and and was trying to get really into it but i i really like the norman bates aspect of it with his mother and the whole the whole psycho recipe that they've got going on right um as opposed to all of the town drama that they have. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get caught up because it's the the show's basically the finale of the show is basically building up to this movie. Well, and then they keep talking about during the uh the movie if you go back and watch Psycho, um they talk about the thing that happened 10 years ago, right? Where yeah. uh you know, he killed his mother and and, uh, and her lover. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I think that that's what it's building gotcha. up to. Gotcha. And then, and then they've had um, some other unsolved cases before, and so they kind of yeah. go into those in the uh, in the show also. And so it's it's a cool history thing. They just got too much other like shit with the town. Stuff. Yeah, colorful confetti drama shit going on in the background. It but, doesn't need to yeah. be there. But Brian, <laughs> but Brian, didn't you huh? tell me somebody fairly famous is going to play uh, uh, Marion Crane? The, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask Marcy. Uh, how do you feel about them casting Rihanna? It's weird. I don't like her or dislike her or anything. So I don't know. Don't know yeah. too much about her, huh? I I, I felt. I like mean, it. I've seen her in concert and stuff. Like but as an actress, <laughs> yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, I felt like it was an odd casting. I I hate that they're trying to push her as an actress because I don't think that she's as good at it. Well, guys, what else? What else has she been in uh, as an actress? I mean, there 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 have been other movies she's been in, right? Hey, she was in that animated one with uh, Home. Yeah, it was uh, with uh, that guy from No Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. Are you talking about that 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 cartoon Home? Was that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in my six my six year old daughter doesn't even like that movie. Oh my god! Yeah, my granddaughters hated that piece of shit. <laughs> that movie's horrible. I like that. Shut up. Oh Crazy. my god, Marcy, are you crazy? <laughs> no. The whole movie was just a advertisement for her album. I think. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, we're gonna uh, agree to disagree on that one. You you really liked that movie, Marcy? I did. I had fun with it. Okay. Well, I, that's. I'm I'm glad you did. I wish I did. <laughs> I would have I know how to have that fun. experience. Unlike you three, obviously. Oh my god. Wow. God, I hated that piece of shit. 
But you know, <laughs> different opinions, right? Dude, I see. Every, That's what keeps everything. Every going. cartoon that comes out right now, I see five thousand times. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It's it's all about the same level to me. <laughs> but I like Jim Parsons. So I, I'm not sure I like Rihanna as an actress. I don't know that uh, that she could she could pull that off. But if there's you somebody, if there's somebody know. that's going to be genuine in that role right. of you know having <laughs> being the the young pretty secretary that's having the that affair, has the paranoia, right? Well, that's the having time. the affair and steals the money and wants to run away with this guy. You know, she might be able to to fill those shoes. Maybe she can pull it off. And if not, she gets killed anyway. If she's horrible, she'll be dead soon. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you you don't want to like have that character and be like, oh, I want her dead. You kind of don't <laughs> to see her die. Right. So if, if that's how it's played, I mean, that's going to kind of be a fail, isn't it? You know, oh, that's so fucking hilarious. I bet you Rihanna is a really cool chick to hang out with in person, too. I, I hate talking shit about her. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she get bitch slapped, though, by, uh, what, what, what was the guy? By that... Chris Brown? I hated yeah, that motherfucker What was, after what was that? up with all that? Oh, dude. So uh, much luggage. You wanna, Jesus you wanna Christ. Go, I hate listening to that guy's music at this point. <laughs> I was just saying, like, you got a character like Marion, you don't necessarily want to see her die, but if Rihanna does a shit job and <laughs> then you're gonna start rooting for Norman, die, huh? What are you gonna really do? Right? Not hey, you know what's gonna happen, you know? So Or they might bring in M. Night Shyamalan to do this one. Oh and there no. may be a twist. No, he can't right? do no no no. Don't. You never know. We're not going to start with that. What's <laughs> <laughs> a twist? It could happen. He's had enough twists. Actually, they may change. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, that sounded crazy, Marcy. But what if they do totally change no. it and he doesn't kill Mary no. Crane? No, they can't. They can't do no, that. No, but what if they do? They can't do that because look what they did with the Hannibal series, man. They fucked it up. Why That's do you say that? Did. I heard the Hannibal series was great. It was for the first two seasons. And then they fucked it up. Yeah, and then they fucked it That's up. That's Brian Fuller. He's taking over Star Trek, the new Star Trek series. Yeah? Know? Yeah. Uh. Supposedly, he's one of the best uh, writers and creators on television right now. Really? Yeah. Have you seen Hannibal, Marcy, the TV show? Um, I've seen the first two seasons. What'd you think? I really liked it. I really liked the first two seasons. Ah, uh, Okay. I think I see where we're headed. <laughs> and then they try to twist things, and you're like, hey, no, 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 this was supposed to be done. <laughs> right. Spoilers. Well, yeah, we can spoil. It's been out over at least uh, over a year, right? I don't think uh, it's necessarily I, a spoiler. I haven't seen season three. But it was supposed to be like the, it was supposed to be done after season two. And then okay. they, uh, they the, I think that was the original intent. They and kept then, it going, huh? And then they tried to keep it going. Right. And it got canceled. Well, is it even done in season three? Because I heard that it got canceled and they didn't even know it was going to get canceled. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was a huge fan of this show. Huge. I watched it every week. You kept telling me about it, I dude. Kept you kept you trying to get me to start watching it. And then when season three came out, man... I just jumped ship totally. I, I watched right. like the first two episodes and that was it. And it wasn't anything in like specific that happened, right? That I didn't like it anymore, but it was it it, it went too far off base. So I think a lot of this uh, 
probably comes down to where do we think that Psycho rates in comparison to other Hitchcock films, right? I mean, obviously there were a lot of references to other movies, like The Birds. He had The Birds that he would uh, stuff, right? And that, that's some kind of a callback to The Birds, yeah. one way, form, or the, or, or, or the other. So how do you guys think this, this stacks up uh, in other... Marcy, I'm assuming you've seen probably quite a few Hitchcock movies. Would you say this is in his like top 10%, bottom 10%, somewhere in the middle? Where, where, where would you put this one? Um, I'd say it's probably, with, with the ones I've seen, it's definitely up there because it um, it's quite different from what he normally does. I mean, it's his first real, I guess, true horror movie yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely does a lot of different things. But I'd say it's quintessential Hitchcock. Yeah. Right. Mm. Well, if you go back and look at his IMDb list, I mean, he's got a whole bunch of stuff that he directs before this, you know, and a whole bunch of stuff that he directs after, man, this is right. I think this is his iconic role, you know, and I, I actually kind of want to go back and watch something like the birds or something now that I haven't seen in 20 years. I really enjoyed rear window. I thought that yeah. was, that was really or, well done. Vertigo. Pretty know, that was yeah. A classic. Ver- Vertigo was a lot of fun too. Um, Oh, strangers on a train. I mean, how many fucking movies now have you have the same exact fucking plot line of Strangers on a Train? I mean, not just the obvious, like, throw mama from the train. But if you think about it, these two people meeting each other and, hey, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. I'll kill your problem if you kill my problem. <laughs> that was, he really was way out ahead of, ahead of himself with that one. And I, like I say, I, I enjoyed uh, Vertigo quite a bit. Uh, North by Northwest, I haven't seen that one. Have you guys seen that one? Sorry, which one? Uh, North by Northwest. Uh, not for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen that one, but I but I know there's some uh, some iconic moments in it, like with the airplane and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I I would consider Psycho, if not his masterpiece, at least toward the top. I mean, I think it's up there with Birds and Vertigo. I mean, those are his kind of big three. I mean, he's you know he's directed a million freaking movies, but. Those are the ones that he'll be known for. Mm-hmm. And again, man, we're going back and watching it again with the production value and the score going, Psycho was a top-notch movie, man. They had to have had a, a pretty decent budget going into it. I loved it. I, re- yeah. I really did. I enjoyed it from start to finish. So, uh, Marcy, do you want to get started with the rating? I'd probably just give it a straight-up perfect score again. Wow! Not shy with the perfect. You course. are a 1960s kind of woman, aren't you? If you say so. For Christ's sake, what are we going to do when we get to 1961? For God's sake, I can't think of any movies from 1961 off the top of my head. I can either, but we're going to have to think of some. I know there were some Hammer movies out at that time. Were you were you into the Hammer scene at all? Uh bits and pieces. A l- little here and there, huh? Very cheesy, yeah. very over the top, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, wow, perfect score. Holy crap. Philip, I'm going to let you fi- you uh, uh, follow up with that one. I got to go next. After going back and watching it again, I think uh, a nine is, uh, is, is definitely in order. I mean, it's like I really didn't like it growing up, you know? But uh, going back and watching it, it's got so many just classic 
scenes in it. Iconic, and right? So many are just yeah, iconic. Everything, everything, everything. How, how many times have you? Movie, how many times like, have you seen that shower oh, scene play yeah, out? Right. I know, and it's all so perfect, and the acting is amazing. Even though the people are sometimes kind of stupid. <laughs> Which will happen. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that uh, I think that it was really on point. I, I really liked it. I'm going to give it a 9. And it's just because I don't give a lot of things 10s. Uh, Brian, what about you, man? I'm also going to give it a 9. Um, taking a point away, just because I feel like it kind of just loses a little, a little something. Because you know how it's going to end when you rewatch it. Mm-hmm. So that that shock and surprise is not there, but um, like you guys were saying, there's a lot of iconic scenes. Even even the final scene of him looking at the camera mm-hmm. with that with that look yes. on his face. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know so what? I'm I'm changing my uh, score. I'm giving it a ten. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. I mean, I'm I'm I'll go a little bit out of character here because uh, you guys know me very well for rating movies pretty low for the most part, but. Uh, I'll actually give this a 9.5. This is almost perfect. I'll put this up up there with Jaws. I'll put this up there with Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'll put this up there with like some of the best films that I've ever seen in my life. And I'll I'll definitely give it a 9.5. I think the, the setup was great. I, I think for me, it all boils down to Anthony Perkins' performance. I really do. Yeah. I mean, the actor. minute I saw that guy, I wanted to like him so badly. Yeah. I really wanted to trust him. And even now. And then he turned it around on me like that and fucked me. That's I why can't I believe say it. it. And I love that so much when a movie does that to me. That's why I say it's not it's not as dated. You know, it holds up. It holds up even beautifully. Now, if you look at him. And I cannot believe. I cannot freaking believe that they killed the main protagonist off 48 minutes into the movie. Yeah. When do you ever see that? It surprised Even me. Even now. It surprised me and I've seen it. I mean, it, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I would almost give it a 10, but I, as you guys know, I give no movies a 10, except Clockwork Orange. But I will give it a strong, strong, strong 9.5. I love this movie. I have too. It's been a while. And what do you think? What, what's your opinion of uh, Kubrick versus Hitchcock? Well, it's a bit silly to put, put them against each other because they're very different. Completely yeah. different, sure. But I do. I um, I probably time. prefer Kubrick because I think he's a more interesting filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his films. Some of his films happen to be some of my favorite. So. Filmography, dude. Hitchcock has got it. Now nah, Hitchcock, yeah, Hitchcock has some street cred, man. That dude knows he's what he's been, doing. He's been around a long time, and he definitely has proven himself. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And but it is stuff, hard to put them up against each other. I don't know how you do with that. Uh, it's a lot more suspense than right out horror, maybe, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah, he's more of a suspense guy. All right. All right. So we've all, we've all given our rating, right? Okay. Uh, now it's time for our listener feedback section. Uh, first of all, we do have a winner from last week's contest for a uh, the Horror Returns t-shirt. Which, congratulations, because I don't even have one yet. Joshua Youngblood <laughs> from... So Joshua's going to gonna have one before you or Marcy, huh? I'm saying, right? Marcy, you don't have your t-shirt yet, do you? No. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's on All its right. way. God, God damn it. Damn postal service. 
I can't believe must, you're gonna. Must make... be something from America to uh, Australia. Joshua, man, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have a hard time saying the name of your town. It's Murfreesboro, Murfrees Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good. It looks harder than it is. Uh, has filled this in on Wes Craven's real life inspiration for the Freddy character. Uh, he says. Hey, fellas, big fan of the show. Haven't missed an episode yet. I attached the article showing where Craven got the inspiration for the nightmare. Uh, I remembered it was something about an article he had read about a kid dying in his sleep due to nightmares about being in a hard labor camp or something. Uh, the link goes into more detail. and Yeah, we'll, we'll post yeah, it on we'll, the Facebook we'll, we'll page and the, and the Podbean page and for sure. Says, Peace, guys. Joshua Youngblood. Way to go, brother. Appreciate it. Cool. Get a t-shirt Thanks, for that. Thanks, Josh. Um, John X. Wong Jr. commented on the uh, report that Dario Argento is less than pleased with the upcoming... All right, hold on. Su- let's 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 break there real quick. Okay. Uh, Marcy, since you're our guest, uh, are you familiar with uh, Dario Argento's work? Yes. And what do you what do you think? In what way? What do you think like, about it overall? Is he a great filmmaker? Do you like any of that uh, <laughs> horror movies? Is that something that you're a fan of? Um, I love Italian horror films. I love the Italian giallo genre. Um, I think <clears throat> Dario Argento was a brilliant filmmaker. I think in his later years he's kind of lost his touch a bit. All girl, right, fair girl, enough. Girl knows what she's talking about. All right, so... She does. Uh, she does. <laughs> That's why she's super Marcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he commented uh, that Don Argento is less than pleased with the upcoming uh, Suspiria remake. said that's not news. It's uh, He's been against it since it was in talks years ago. He basically considers, considers it an insult to his film. <laughs> and uh, John X. Wong Jr. agrees with him. What, what uh, have you heard anything about that, Marcy? The uh, Suspiria remake. Was it said somewhere that Tilda Swinton was meant to be in it? Yes, that's the one part that's got me a little bit excited, actually. It's it's a film that doesn't need to be remade, and I'm not sure what else new they can really add to it. So, doesn't interest me at all. Well, anything Tilda Swinton in, is in that I, I, I love. That's, I think if that's you're gonna what, have how we do films today. <laughs> if you want your remake mm-hmm. to be a successful one, you need to respect where it came from, but you also need to try something new and not just make a carbon copy or not just do it in name only and not and you know you go obviously you're going about it the wrong way. If you're doing it in name only, it's not a remake. That's just the way I feel. I'm gonna so. give you a little slow clap on that one. Because I think that we remake too much shit now. Okay, so uh, Patrick Lear of uh, Kansas City, Missouri told us to keep up the good work, guys. I think you're doing great. Uh, he also shared these comments in response to the Suicide Squad episode. Uh, um, I agree the DC Cinematic Universe is a mess. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> Putting it mildly. <laughs> dude, yeah, go into that one. Look, I like the movie, all right? <laughs> but hey, uh, Mar- Marcy may be a huge fan of the current DC movies. What do you think, Marcy? 
Um, I'm not a big fan of Man of Steel. I'm not a big fan of Batman v Superman, but I did like Suicide Squad. I thought it was oh, fun, you did! Man. It was a fun no movie. shit. It was a fun movie. Holy fuck! What, what would you, you give it on a on a on a on a uh, Australian scale of one to five? What would you give it? Maybe three and a half out of five. Damn, that's pretty good. Pretty strong. I'll take it. All right, cool. So. Uh, he says he agrees that the DC Cinematic Universe is a mess, and here's some hope for the future. Uh, he gives us a little link. Looks like there's a new man at the helm of DC on the film side. Uh, Jeff is or was the EIC of DC Comics Universe, so hopefully it'll be a step in the right direction. Not sure who he's talking about. Uh, do you guys know anything about, any, uh, Brian, do you know anything about current DC Comics and who he might, he might be referring to? Jeff uh, Johns? Yeah, I'm not too familiar, but I know a lot of DC fans are excited for him taking over. And wh- and what do you think, man? What's his background? He, is he a writer or what? Like, like I said, I'm I'm not too familiar with him. So what's the guy's name? Jeff G G E O F F, right? Yeah, I, I believe it's, it's pronounced Jeff Johns. Johns. Jeff? All right, yeah. let's look him up. Jeff Marcy, Johns. have you heard anything about him? Are you into comics at all? Yeah, I know who he is. I don't know much about what's going on with DC. They're working on fucking things up. But hey, you know what? Everybody says that, but like I said, dude, that last movie was pretty cool. And uh, they've got Affleck directing the new Batman. I'm down for that. Yeah, if he really is. Have you heard anything to confirm that? Yes, he's directing. Yeah, I mean, I He's writing was... and directing. Yeah, well... I thought that was, like, official. So what's it going to be, a heist movie where they, they rob the, the, the Boston uh, baseball field or what? Don't care. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, fuck. <laughs> Is Jeremy Renner going to show up in it? <laughs> I'm assuming not as Hawkeye. He might, but that was a badass movie. Anyways, uh, didn't even finish the... Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> so uh, uh, he says, uh, hopefully it's a step in the right direction. Uh, sidebar in response to Lance's request to have Deadpool in the DC universe, uh, it's not necessary as DC already has had their main man in Lobo. Lobo. Lobo, a foul-mouthed yep. badass who often tangles with Superman. I'd be all in for a Lobo movie if it were done correctly. I could it get needs to be done correctly. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Well, especially with somebody like hey, him. You know what? They pulled it off of Deadpool. And uh, Marcy, what do you think about Deadpool? I, yeah, I want to Lo- hear your opinion. Lobo doesn't have a mask. Haven't seen it. You haven't seen Deadpool. You haven't seen Deadpool? Nope. Oh, dude, that is my favorite superhero movie so far. Period. Of everything? Yes. No kidding. Yep. Absolutely. I kind of like the older X Men uh, movies quite mm-hmm. a bit. I think Deadpool blew it away. Uh, yeah. I- <laughs> You know, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is what he is. I, I love he was Ryan Reynolds, as a comedy man. actor. That is that is my guy. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> this is what I strive to be. A foul mouth badass. Okay, so uh, Patrick's also been really good about posting news stories and updates on the Facebook page, which we really appreciate. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Uh, okay, so Cynthia Talbot of the Woodlands, Texas... Shared with this, this there's a a link to the Pokemon Go horror fans. <laughs> yeah, we probably need to put that shit yeah, on our fucking but... Facebook page instead of trying to describe it verbally. Yeah, probably <laughs> that would be a good idea. But uh, Marcy, do you play? Is what's Pokemon Go in Australia? I'd, I'd really like to know what the popularity is there. 
It came out here before it came out anywhere else. Did it no really? shit. Yeah. Boy, it we took had the it fuck first. off, didn't it? Well, fucking educate us then, for crying out loud. Um, it's an app on your phone where you catch Pokemon. That's what happens. And you've played it? Yes. And do you continue to play it? Yes. How many Pokemon do you have? I've got no idea. That's not enough. I can load up the app now and tell you. You need more today. <laughs> well, I'll load up the app and I'll tell you what I have. Oh, she's going to tell us. Up the ass? Oh, up I the app. Up okay, the sorry. All right. Pokemon. I have 174 Pokemon. Oh, shit. And my Pokedex is I've caught 80 and seen 80. So that's the different types. I guess that's a good number, right? I don't know. It sounds good to me. It's impressive to me. We'll go with it. So, again, thanks to everyone who reaches out to us. Uh, we love the feedback, even if Cynthia Talbot, we can't quite. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really want to, I'm, I'm incredibly intrigued by what this is. Is she saying that there is a horror movie version of Pokemon? Like, yes. you can actually catch monsters and stuff like that? I believe that's what it is. Really? Uh, Brian, do you know anything about that? This this may um, deserve a few seconds. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't really read this. I haven't really read the story through, but they are coming out with a version where it's it's horror based. Wow, guys, I'm totally sorry that I haven't looked at the link yet and read it. Well, I heard there was a, uh, a, a an app called Night Terrors. Have you heard anything about that? Well, apparently there is a uh, an, an app called Night Terrors. Where it's kind of like catching Pokemon, but it's demons and stuff like that. Marcy, would you be interested? I think it's a good app. It's tight. Let the nightmare See, begin. All right, that's why you got to invest in this Nintendo stuff, man. I'm telling you, yeah, because Pokemon is just the beginning. It's it's like Apple when they did the iPhone. That's what happens. You heard it here, guys. Stock advice from Philip. Nintendo's been out forever, dude. Yeah, I know. They're, <laughs> the fucking 80s. Or they're something. taking off right now, though, with the Pokemon thing. Well, Nintendo didn't actually develop the app, so... Well, yeah, but they're behind it. They, 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 they're the ones that are profiting from the, uh, from the whole Pokemon thing. They're sitting back and enjoying the residuals, huh? Yeah. Nintendo stock. That's where it's at. Right. Anyway, so again, thanks to everyone who reaches out to us. Uh, we love the feedback. As always, you can reach us at our Facebook or Podbean page. You can email us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. No spaces, no slashes. Uh, how, how come my uh, email, my first email, never got read out? What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you serious? What was your first email? I said I wanted to bottle up Philip's voice. But Marcy. I will be happy to record as many episodes as you would like, Marcy. And you can bottle up my voice, and I'm down with it. I appreciate it. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> uh, sure. So where, where can our listeners uh, find you? What's, what's your website? What's your handle? What's your, where can we find you on Facebook? Um, well, the website is supermarcy.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash supernetwork. Uh, people can try to look me up personally on Facebook, but I probably won't add people I don't know. 
I'm on the Twitter sphere at uh, twitter.com slash supermarcy. Yeah. That's about it. You can, uh, if you, I think you have to look up Supermarcy on iTunes because I don't think looking up Super Podcast finds the podcast. I don't know why. And it's spelled M-A-R-C-E-Y, right? Correct. So what your, what's your take on uh, the original Crocodile Dundee? Oh, really? Why does everyone ask me about that? Because <laughs> are you, are you from fucking Australia. kidding? Everybody asks you that. Yes, everybody does. That's not a knife. That's not how we sound. How do you sound? Well, you can hear me. That's how I sound. Oh, okay, straight enough. All right. We are not Crocodile Dundee. No. <laughs> no. There's no like bush going on back there, and. It depends what sort of bush yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> As I was saying that, I, I thought, hey, maybe this is not something that should come out of your mouth right now. <laughs> bush associated with mouth. I have no problem with that. Yeah, bush coming out of your mouth. You guys have thrown me off for the rest of my fucking life, man. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> go get a beer, man. I'm going to go get a beer. Like, I can't stop crying. Bush coming out of man. Hey, okay. Masturbate, what? I (laughs) actually have a question about that movie, okay? So, when I was... I was asked about masturbation. Yeah, it is. No, it is. Totally a question about masturbation. When When I saw that movie when I was younger, I remember him actually masturbating. Like while he was looking through the through the people, what? is that not what happened? Wasn't, okay, wasn't that the remake? I don't think so. I watched it today, and that's not what happened. That, that was. I think like, your your mind filled that part in. Am I watching an edited version of this, or is it just? Okay. Mar- Marcy, you would know. You're our local historian here. Phil, I thought that was the. I thought that was the remake. I think it's kind of implied, maybe, but they really made it obvious in the shit house remake. Because oh, you hear him doing it in the remake. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking That was about. the one that had Vince Vaughn that in it, right? That was Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, I made that. Unless you were looking at her going, oh, yeah, I think I should masturbate to that. It's like 12, <laughs> I may very well have been. <laughs> yeah. I meant be now. Time. Yeah. But, no, no, okay. So, we made that awkward for... <laughs> Just a little extra bit of nothing. <laughs> but but it's because it was awkward in the Vince Vaughn movie. Well, it was. Like, who jerks off to her at that point in her life? Right. <laughs> well, look. If the guy's sexually repressed, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just going to stop talking. No, go ahead. <laughs> what, what, what were you saying? No, I'm saying if the dude is sexually repressed, like I get where he where it's got to come that. out somehow. Yeah, right? no, and if and I think that in the uh, in the in the Vince Vaughn, it's got to come out somehow. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Christ. Why not? Why 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 do I talk to these people? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, man. We're we're all amongst friends here. I kid. Okay, so I think in the Vince Vaughn movie though, where they where they do make it obvious uh, that that he is doing the deed. A little bit, a right. little bit more a little obvious, bit, huh? A little bit. Okay, so I... You can say it. Who, who, <laughs> hey, who directed the remake? Do you guys know? Gus Van Sant. Gus Van Sant. Oh, shit. Really? Wow. 
But I think that in the original, when he when he didn't, I think that when he put the picture back up and like walked up to the uh, right, walked up to the, the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was his. Nope, I'm not doing this. This is bad. You know, and I I, I think that that was more powerful. Even though obviously what stuck in my head was the masturbation scene. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the remake. Have you seen it, Marcy? Unfortunately, my understanding is it's almost like frame for frame, right? Yeah, it's shot for shot, but it's just it's terrible. It's horrible. Yeah, what's no bad? point? But what's so bad about it? But there's Vince no Vaughn. reason for it to exist. Why, just just, yeah, a, bad, just it, a bad interpretation, or what? Why does it need to be there? Because uh, Gus Van Sant has made some movie. other good films, though. I mean, he's he's not a he's not a hack filmmaker. He's made some other good stuff. Yeah, but why do you need to remake a movie if you're going to remake it exactly? So is that is that your your case, Marcy? That he just remade it exactly the way the the original was, added nothing yeah, new to it. So it just like, the casting shit. is all wrong. It's just shit. Yeah, you got right? Vince. You got Vince Vaughn as uh, Norman Bates. You know what? I think that Vince Vaughn could have worked at Nor- as Norman Bates. He didn't in that one. I can't think of Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates at all. Well, but he's he's still got a little charming aspect to him. You think so? Yeah, I think so. In the uh, in like if you if you if you watch the original, you know Perkins, like right. there's there's a charming aspect there. Oh yeah, I I bought in a hundred percent. Yeah, I I really wanted to like him, but. Vince Vaughn doesn't have the same innocence that he does. Yeah, could be. I could see that. Because that's what you need to make it work. That's why I think the kid works in the TV show. Yeah, I think that the kid in the TV show pulls it off a lot. I have no fucking idea who this kid is or anything. I I, I saw the first episode of the first season and then I I tapped out. He actually so does you, pretty good, man. Tell tell me about it, guys. Is it's, it is it's it good? A, it's a slow burn. Well, and it's always been a slow burn. Right. But like I said, they throw too many of that random town shit. Yeah, town shit happening in the back. There's too much assorted extra drama going on that doesn't need to be there. So yeah, this kid, it, you, kid's name is Freddie Highmore, huh? And they're trying he to was keep the, it interesting. Uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Oh. Who who did he play in that? The main kid, Charlie. No yeah. shit. In the uh, the in the remake. In the remake. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I kind of recognize him now. Now that I now that you say that, I think he I think he does well in this. But I I think that they're they're just trying to appeal to to too many audiences, which right you know is the point of being there. You know, I mean it's. It's a, it's a it's a it's a business. You have to make money at it, you know. But yeah, if they if they let go of like the shit with the town, and I would say some of the stuff with the brother, yeah, because he's got his own side stories going on. Like, say kinda... this had been like an HBO series that was only maybe eight to ten episodes per season. Mm-hmm. I think it totally would have worked. Yeah, yeah, but there's like everything that they do, they make it. They almost turn it into a network. I equate it to one of those CW shows, man. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Like, they just try to get too much drama going on all at once. And Hey, look, we have cool teenage shit, too. I think it's just, it's not as focused as it should be. Yeah. 
Not enough masturbation in it. <laughs> you gotta have some more of that. So, Marcy, tell tell us more about your uh, your podcast. I mean, what do you, what do you normally you, you do like every week or twice a week or three times a week? Um, the plan was uh, once a week because you seem then, to be all over the fucking place. Quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. From what I've um, up lately. Oh, the plan was once a week, start of the week to come out, but then I've gotten sick, so that's kind of gone out the window, and then planned episodes haven't planned out, so there is that. Um, I don't know when the next one will be, because nothing's been recorded yet, Um, but hopefully there will be something this week, and then hopefully it'll be back on a bit more of a regular schedule. But it's the super podcast. We don't plan. We don't have notes. We just say, hey, you're recording. Yep, this is the topic. Yep, let's go. Yeah, the, la- <laughs> the last thing I heard from you was with uh, Paul Shirey. And that was a long fucking time ago. That feels like three fucking weeks ago or something. It wasn't that long ago. It, was like it last feels week. like it. <laughs> it's like last week. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like a long time ago. And then you were trying to say Paul Shiri, Paul Shiri, Paul Shuri. Couldn't say his name properly, <laughs> even though he told me like a minute before we recorded and I'd already forgot. Jesus fucking Christ, how hard can it be to say Shiri? Come on. Oh, well, excuse me, Mr. Fancy Pants. Got enough talk my pants in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're taking yourself and your pants and you're going home, huh? <laughs> 